Daniel, for uh, man, what a what a great. You didn't have to do that. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. C.S. Lewis said, "If I find within myself a desire that no experience in this world can satisfy, the only reasonable explanation is I was made for another world." You were made for another world. You were not made for this world as we're living in it now. You were made to live in another world. And the Bible talks about that in Revelation chapter 21. We started there last week. I'm going to pick up, assuming that you were here, and if you were not, there's a and I'll, you can go online and uh, listen to that message if you want to catch the first part. But I'm going to start reading again chapter 21, verse 9 of the book of Revelation. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance, like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates, and at the gates, 12 angels, and on the names, on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east, three gates, on the north, three gates, on the south, three gates, and on the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and walls. The city lies four square, its length the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia, its length and width and height are equal. He also measured the wall, 144 cubits by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysopase, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. And I saw no temple in the city. For its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light. Its lamp is the Lamb. Now let me just stop right there. Let's pray for a moment. Father, give us eyes to see our future home. As those who trust in the Lamb of God who was slain, as those who know Jesus Christ as our living hope, may this day, may we see with spiritual eyes the world that you have prepared for us. For it is in Jesus' name 
and for his sake that we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. You know, when we go to heaven, we will be in a real, resurrected, perfected body that will endure forever. So it makes sense when Jesus said in John chapter 14, I'm going to prepare a place for you, a topos, a physical place is being prepared because you will have a physical body, and a physical body requires a physical place to live in. We have a real place waiting. The place the Bible talks about is actually a city, not a village, not a small town, but a city that's larger than anything we could envision or anything that's ever existed before on earth. Here in the book of Revelation, we get a glimpse of this magnificent, eternal city, not made with human hands, but made with the hand of God. And just for a bit of context, the largest city in the world today is Tokyo, Japan. 38 million people live in Tokyo. There are traffic jams there. It is, it is a mess. They live up, not out. They, they just get taller and higher buildings and high rises. But the largest city in the world in terms of square miles is not in Japan. It's not in Saudi Arabia. It's actually in a little town called Sitka, Alaska. 4,811 square miles. 10,000 people live in it. But all of these cities have one thing in common. One day they're going to fall. And they're going to be dwarfed in square footage and height and in population capacity by the city the Bible calls the bride of the Lamb. Now, John tells us in chapter 21 that this city is going to descend from heaven like a bride that descends and kind of glides down the stairway at a wedding or down the aisle of a church. You know what? I, I've never, I have never seen an ugly bride. Had some close calls, but I've never seen <laughs> an ugly bride. Brides are, are just beautiful. Grooms, it's a sliding scale for the groom, you know, but, but the bride is always beautiful. The, the, you know, let's, let, let's remember something. Guys, if you're getting married, on your wedding day, your bride will have spent months looking for the perfect dress, hours getting her hair done, more hours getting her makeup applied, more hours getting her nails done. And I'm going to tell you something. She is never going to spend that much time or money getting ready for you again. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's the pinnacle. It's all kind of downhill from there, right? Okay, I mean, and, and, and ladies, you know, your groom looks so handsome in that tuxedo on a wedding day, you'll never get him in a tux again. He will not, well, he's not James Bond. He's not going to wear a tuxedo again. So listen, enjoy the wedding day while it's out. Okay, I'm just kidding, but all right. So we, we see this city that is so beautiful that Jesus said when he was going back to heaven over 2,000 years ago, I'm going to prepare a place for you. 2,000 years. And this city is so beautiful. It's like a, a pure, translucent jewel. 
And John's using human words to describe a heavenly vision of the holy city. So the closest he can get is using just the human idea of jewels to describe it because it's actually indescribable. Eight of the jewels that he mentions correspond to the jewels on the high priest's breastplate in the Old Testament. And I want you to notice also that the heavenly Jerusalem, this holy city, comes down from heaven. That means you will not spend eternity circling around in outer space. You won't spend eternity floating on a cloud or somewhere out there, up there. You will be here in a place, in a city. And it will be located on a new earth, a purified and remade sinless planet earth so we have a new body and we'll live in a new earth and we'll live in a new city we've never seen before and again as i said last we talked about this last week jesus said behold i make all things new everything's new everything's new so i want to talk about three things really quickly about the city today first of all i want to talk about the capacity of this heavenly city if you've ever built a house, you know the details and the dimensions of it. You can spin it out verbatim. I've talked to enough people building their home, and if, if you want to know what's the square footage of the living room, how many cars are going to fit in the garage, you know all the details of this home you're building, don't you? You're, they're in your mind. You know, the, I know, I know what this is going to look like. You know how many rooms and what kind of floors and how many levels and how high the ceilings and how many windows and all of that. You also know how exciting it is to see it finally become a reality. It's out of your mind now. Now it's real. Now you're seeing it for real. You can't wait to get in and put your furniture in place and you get your decorations in place. You can just see it, right? Been there? Well, God wants us to know about this place that we'll be living in for eternity. So an angel gave John a tour of this magnificent city. He describes, first of all, the size of the city, the dimensions of it. And we learn in these verses that the city is actually a square, uh, equal on every side. From the biblical measurements, we can discern this. The city is going to be around 1,500 miles long. You've heard that before. You start at the Atlantic Ocean, it would extend to Colorado. That's how big it's going to be on one side. But then every side is equal. If you started at the tip of Maine in a little place called Escort Station, it would extend from there to the southernmost point at the tip of Key West. That's a big city. And since it's a square, more appropriately, it's a cube, it'll be about 1,500 miles deep, 1,500 miles wide. No human city has ever been constructed with that large a footprint. But, but there's more. It's also going to be 1,500 miles high. Now, I want you to think about what that means for just a moment. The stratosphere begins 11 miles above the surface of the earth. That means this city is going to extend beyond the stratosphere into what we now call outer space. Now, it doesn't say it's going to do this, but if we divided the height, just take for a moment our imagination going up, let's imagine that, that you're going to be living, and by the way, this little idea about you getting a cabin on the hillside, that ain't true, that's not going to happen, it's a great southern gospel song, ain't nothing true about it. You're not going to live in a little cabin on the hill, that's not going to happen. You can maybe do that here and now, but that's not heaven, all right? 
you're going to have a place in this city. What's your place going to look like? Well, here's, here's what it could possibly look like. What if, what if it's, it's the height of this place that you're going to be living in is, let's just say, one mile. You're, how tall are your ceilings in your house? Somebody said, well, so I got eight foot or some 12 foot, some half taller than that. One mile ceilings, one mile high. Tough to change light bulbs, but just one mile high. That would mean there would be 1,500 floors, each floor the size of a continent that goes up. Some people say, well, how's everybody going to get in heaven? Okay, what did I just tell you? Each floor will be the size of a continent. So we have a city that's going to have a footprint of 2,250,000 square miles, extending 1,500 miles into the sky. By contrast, the Burj Khalif in Dubai is 2,722 feet tall to its tip. I saw it the week it opened. It's massive. It's over a half mile high. It's an anthill next to the city of God. This is going to be a city, get this, with a capacity of 100,000 million people. That's how many people can live in the New Jerusalem, in this city that God is building. This city that has a foundation of 12 precious jewels, each with the name of one of the 12 apostles on it. It has 12 gates, each gate made from a single pearl. Why pearl? Pearls are beautiful. Pearls are lovely. They make lovely jewelry. But pearls are the only jewel that come about because of suffering. A jewel is formed because of suffering of a clam, an oyster. Because of the irritation that a piece of sand or debris causes. Twelve gates. Guess how you get into the city? You go through a gate of pearl. A gate of pearl that represents the suffering of the lamb for you. One solid pearl. One solid pearl for each gate. Each gate has one of the names of the 12 tribes of Israel written over it. And I know, yeah, then there's the streets of gold. Well, how's that going to work out? Well, the gold that we're told about in this particular passage is going to be transparent gold. It's going to be purified to the point that it'll be clear. Be gold. But it'll be clear gold. It'll pave the streets, and we can just imagine these streets go up and up and up and up, and you can see through them from the bottom. I can't imagine what this is going to look like. Well, let's talk about the citizens of the city for just a moment. You know, the heavenly city is going to be occupied by angels as well as people. Hebrews 12 tells us that. There are going to be angels, festive angels there that we're going to be living beside. Notice carefully, you're not an angel. You ain't one now, and you're not going to become one when you die, okay? You don't get wings. You're not going to become an angel. You're going to become a glorified human being like Jesus Christ. Those who occupy heaven are those who are the children of God. They're saved by his blood. They're, they're satisfied in his presence. They're sanctified by his spirit. They're secure in his word and his promise. Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21 says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await for the Savior, 
the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able to subdue all things to himself. But then what about its character, the character of this city? You know, sometimes you can learn a lot about a place by what's not present. For instance, in this city, there will be no funeral homes. There will be no hospitals. There will be no police stations. There will be no jails. In this city, there will be no temple because the Lamb The entire city, the way the whole thing is made. You know, the Holy of Holies was a cube. The whole city. And and, and understand, the heavenly city that we're being told about here is the capital of the new heavens and the new earth. It's not the only city. It's the capital city. That's where you're going to be living. But it's one massive city among other cities that will be around. We'll talk about that some other time. But the lamb is in the center of this city. There's no need for a temple because the sacrifice has already been paid through the blood of Jesus Christ. The lamb will live in the center of the city. The entire city is a place where God dwells at the center. There's no need for sun or moon. The glory of the Lord is the light that doesn't need a power plant. There's no need for light. There won't be LED lights. There won't be any kind of lights other than the glory of the Lord that shines from everywhere. That's what we'll see. But let me tell you one more thing. There's no access unless your name is written in the book of life. Everybody is not going to go to heaven. But those who have trusted Jesus Christ, this is your home that we're talking about today. I want you to get a little bit excited about what's coming. I mean, the more I dig into this, the more I'm going, I I, I just can't wait. This is going to be awesome. Well, let me tell you, uh, let me stop here. I've, I've, got, I've got other stuff we can do, but let me, let me, let me do this. Um, Roger Breland led a group called Truth a number of years ago. Roger's a friend, a good guy. And, and he led this college group called Truth. They traveled everywhere and did a lot of music. And, and he would speak. He was kind of a preacher. He would speak at the end of the concert, and he was talking in one particular concert in Kentucky about a little girl. And she had just sat through a sermon and a service at her church, and the preacher was talking about heaven and how wonderful it's going to be, and, you know, you don't worry about things. If you're going to go to heaven, it's all going to be wonderful. It's going to be a perfect place, and and it's going to be great, and Jesus is going to be there. But listen, this is a little girl. This is a child. And let's just be honest. If you're a child, mom and dad are more important to you than Jesus. I love Jesus, but I want to know where mom and dad are. And so this little girl got it in her mind. She said, 
So what happens if I go to heaven before you go? How will I find you? How will I know where you are? And this was really troubling, this little girl. She'd wake up in the middle of the night crying and talking about, you know, just how, what happens if you die? And how will I know how to find you when I go to heaven? Really troubled her. So finally, her dad sat down one day and said, okay, let's talk about how the city of heaven is made. You know, the Bible talks about there being three gates on each side of the city, on the north and the south and the east and the west. So let's do this. Let's agree right now that when we go to heaven, we're all going to meet just inside the Middle Eastern gate. We're going to gather just inside the Middle Eastern gate. And he said, from then on, whenever one of us would take a trip or one of us would go away, we would look at each other and say, if I don't see you here, I'll see you just inside the Middle Eastern gate. Then he looked back at one of the young ladies that was singing in the band, and he, and he said, let me ask you something. Is that a true story? She said, it's a true story. He said, how do you know? She said, because I was that little girl. Let me ask you a question. Where's your family going to meet? When the time comes, mom and dad, got a plan? No, you got a plan how to get out of town if there's a hurricane. You got a plan for where your family's going to meet? When the time comes that you go away, they go away. I want you to bow your heads with me. Father, I pray today that as we close this time of worship together. Maybe folks are listening online, maybe on the radio or next door, building A, but Lord, we can't imagine what a grace it is that the door of heaven is still open to us today. We can, we can still go. You don't want anybody to perish. You don't want anybody to be locked out of this place that you're creating, this place that Jesus went to prepare. And I pray, Father, this morning that if there are those who need to come, maybe there's a mom or dad here who need to say, you know, we need to settle this for our family once and for all. Our kids need to know where we're going to be. They need to know what it means to have their eternity secure in Jesus Christ. So today, friend, if you don't know Jesus, you please take this moment.
right now, just open your heart and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I pray that you would forgive me. I, I know that, that I have lived my life for myself. I've just done my own thing, gone my own way. And that's not your desire for me. So I trust you now as my Savior. I trust you for my eternity. I want to be in the home that you've created for us, those who love you. I want to be a part of that, a citizen of heaven. And Lord, may you have your way in every heart, in every heart today. Soften our hearts as we give ourselves to you now, in Jesus' name. You come. Would you stand? Daniel's going to play a little bit, sing a